You know, Aunt Jemima, your pancakes make the whole family happy, especially the ladies. Well, Mr. May, the ladies know how easy my pancakes are to fix. Easy as one, two, three. Just add milk or water and pop them on the griddle, and they're ready to serve. And your Aunt Jemima's are so tender, so delicious, so easy to digest. Yes, sir. Just as digestible as toast. That's why folks I know eat them for breakfast, lunch, or supper. Yes, right around the clock. Aunt Jemima's are enjoyable, satisfying, good eating. Mmm-mm. Why, their tantalizing fragrance makes your mouth water. That's because it's made according to my own secret recipe. Right, and your secret recipe pancakes, Aunt Jemima, are the only pancakes with that genuine Old South flavor. So look here, ladies. For an easy-to-fix treat, ask your grocer today for the regular-sized box of Aunt Jemima ready-mix pancake flour. Or for economy, get the three-and-a-half-pound family-sized bag. While blacks have acquired other qualifications for moving up the middle class ladder, their dialect has never been accepted. So from childhood on, they have been rigorously drilled in how to correct it. As a result, many middle class blacks who have made the difficult transition to the dominant culture have paid the price of dropping all traces of the dialect from their speech. It is surely time that the speech of the black culture of America be recognized as a genuine dialect of English. It is, in every sense of the word, a dialect, with its own vocabulary, pronunciation, and grammar. It has its own words and word meanings, its own patterns of pronunciation, and a highly systematic grammatical structure. The subject is a touchy one. Most people who believe in integration avoid discussing racial differences. Though differences exist, it is not only bad taste to mention them, it places one in the awkward stance of being labeled as a racist. The irony of this is that both blacks and whites, who are most interested in bringing about racial equality, shy off certain facts that deserve recognition. There are cultural differences, a truth that not only supports integration, but will help bring about honest equalities. This is, after all, the ultimate objective of integration. The African black helped settle the country. For his own survival, he had to pick up a little English. This superimposed English had to be integrated with the many African languages that were forced together. So close and yet so far from the dominant white culture, he was left to make do, separate and apart, getting his greatest joy and comfort simply from being with others like himself and talking with them. The inevitable result was a language of his own that combined a little bit of everything he needed to survive. If you want to go to heaven, boy, when you die, be ready when your freedom comes. You gotta stop your tongue from telling them lies, be ready when your freedom comes. First on the plantations, then in black communities throughout the nation, the language developed. It became very strong, very inside, and very deep. And it retained many African structures and characteristics. Not understanding it, nor caring, the white culture considered it inferior. I hate to yell, that freight train blows. Unlike those with other dialects, who can often hear that they are simply speaking differently, blacks themselves believed that they were speaking poor English. These ideas were often perpetuated by the myths that blacks had poor hearing or that their lips and tongues were too thick to speak English properly. Oh, walk together, children! Don't you get weary! In spite of this, the dialect had made rich contributions to the mainstream in manners, music, and language. Actually, the two forms of English have existed side by side for over 300 years. 
and they have always borrowed from each other. Today, black dialect is picked up by groovy kids and groovy grown-ups as well. To resist it is square indeed. Blue-eyed soul brothers and sisters feel the same out-of-sight need to use black expressions. Vocabulary in black dialect is often referred to as slang. Actually, it is a response to things for which there is no word in standard English, and slang is often more descriptive. In the wintertime, the wind from the northern lakes is severe enough to defy description. But the black ghetto gave it a name, Hawk. And the hawk was howling. I never felt a more biting, bitter wind. It not only reached my bones, it seemed to go right inside them. It was not a night to be waiting for no bus. Taxi! Man, that's some hawk out there. Yes, sir. You mean Mr. Hawkins done come to town tonight? Hmm. Mr. Hawkins done come to town tonight. Personalizing the old hawk made it chilling indeed, giving it a sinister connotation which extended a descriptive dialect word into one with a deep, complex meaning. Centuries of anti-Negro thinking have provided little incentive to take the language seriously. And the fact that many black children were slow learners was always passed off as racial inferiority or the degrading result of poverty and environment. Actually, a key to the learning problem is a basic language problem. This is not a new discovery. There is an event recorded by William Francis Allen during the Civil War. He was teaching a group of Gullah Negro children in South Carolina. The Gullah dialect found in the southern United States is a stylized language borrowed from the West Indies. One day, when particularly disheartened by his pupil's lack of response, Allen resorted to a question with an obvious answer. Now, children, this is something you all know. What color is the sky? The sky. Up there. What color is the sky? Excuse me, Mr. Allen. I'm a little early, but I like to pick up Tom. Well, sir, the way I feel, you can pick them all up. Their ignorance is beyond me. Even the simplest question gets no answer. Watch. Children, who can tell me the color of the sky? You see, Mr. Allen, and let me try that. Tom, how's sky style? Apparent ignorance had dissolved into a simple language problem. From the Gullah dialect, the word stan translates as look or appear. How's sky style? This event, reported over a hundred years ago, seems to symbolize how language difficulties readily give us false impressions about intelligence. Similarly, a child may not respond if he's afraid his speech will be constantly corrected. This lack of response often is mistaken for ignorance. Through the years, many educators, personnel people, and others in our society have been aware of this language difficulty with standard English. But only recently has there been any concerted effort to analyze and evaluate black dialect as a systematic language within itself. Not long ago, a linguist who has spent much of his life studying the black dialect made a dialect translation of the well-known poem, The Night Before Christmas. It was more a labor of love than anything else, and he had planned to use it simply as a novel Christmas greeting. One evening, I was at home working on the transcription of the poem when some of my young friends dropped by. I left the draft of the transcription in the typewriter and went over to the refrigerator to get them some snacks. While I was in the kitchenette, I noticed 12-year-old Lenora glancing at the transcription. She seemed interested, and I was curious about her reaction. So I asked her to read it aloud, and she did. <coughs> it's the night before Christmas, and here in our house, it ain't nothing moving, not even no mouse. There goes our stocking hung 
hung up real high so Santa can fill them up wherever, whenever he come by. Now the really remarkable thing about Lenora's performance was that she was known to be a problem reader. I was sure that my translation was close to pure dialect as she spoke it, but I had not expected her to read it so easily. Yet she read with inflection and meaning, and there seemed to be no real problem whatsoever. You've all been good children, and that's why I'm here. Merry Christmas to you all, and I'll see you next year. Hey, now I'm better than I thought I was. You sure are, Lenora. That was great. That ain't proper English, is it? But that's proper spelling. Why is it so easy? Here, Lenora, try this. I then gave her a copy of the original standard English version of the poem. Uh, uh, what's that? Twas. What's that mean? It means it was. Go ahead, Lenora. I'll help you if you have any trouble. Tut-tut was the, the night before Christmas. And all through the house, not a how come I'm getting so mixed up? Well, it's a little different than the one you first read. That should be creature. Oh, not a creature was st stirring, not even a mouse. Lenora's problem with the regular version of the poem was that she could not cope with the unfamiliar grammar. The translated version used standard English spellings. So it was apparent that sound spelling correspondences were not entirely the problem. The, the moon on the breeze of the new fun filling snow gave the gave the letter of really day to object below. Good. I'm glad that's over. This unplanned experiment was duplicated with other inner-city children and always with positive results. It suggested an approach to adapting beginning reading material to the sentence patterns of the non-standard translation. Such a reader was written with a separate translation in standard English. This foreign language type reader is now being used in a selected group of schools and with excellent results. In teaching standard English as a second language, it would appear that the first step is to isolate the grammatical interference points. For example, the verbs am, is, and are are generally omitted in correct usage of the dialect. The standard English sentence, Leroy is at home, would be said, Leroy at home. In the dialect, such verbs are not necessary to make a complete sentence. Hi. Hey, John. Where's Tom? He busy? We're Billy and Jack. They home? Where mama at? She working. Well, what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to shut up and watch TV. I'm going to go to the store and I'll be back in a minute. Efficient communication. And to the point. When the sister answered the brother's question, Where mama at? She working. The boy might well have asked, Where's she working? In correct dialect grammar, she working indicates the action is going on now and probably is not a regular occurrence. The boy might very well have asked where his mother was working. However, had the sister answered, She be working. It would have meant that the mother was working where she usually worked, a repeated state of action that the child is familiar with. Standard English has no such usage of the verb form be. Depending on where you're sitting, she be working is not bad English just good dialect. The rules for the use of plurals are completely different. Correct dialect would answer the question, how many brothers does Deborah have? Deborah have three brother. Brothers is not used because the dialect system does not require pluralization when some other word in the sentence shows that more than one thing is meant. The fact that three is used makes it unnecessary to do it again with the plural of brother. The dialect considers this a grammatical redundancy, and it is completely logical. In this example, note that there is a systematic disagreement between the subject and the verb. Deborah have three brother. Not Deborah has three brother. If we have a plural subject, the verb remains the same. Deborah and Jane have three brother. Deborah have three brother. There, the same verb. It's simple, 
And if you stop to think about it, no more strange than some of the rules of standard English. Imagine how awkward and puzzling standard English must sound to the good dialect speaker. Grammatical differences between the dialect and standard English go on and on. In these differences, the dialect is consistent, and geographical variations are no more than we find in standard English, or any other language for that matter. Though some may fear that accepting the child's dialect as valid language will reinforce the use of the dialect, what's wrong with that? if the child learns standard English in the process. Most of the child's life outside the classroom is spent using the language of his culture. He's got to have that language to survive. If he becomes more articulate in this dialect, so much the better. Anything that improves his ability to communicate is worthwhile. And there is proof plenty that being articulate in two languages in no way impairs the use of either. Which language is used depends largely upon the place and situation. In the social environment, dialect occurs very naturally. But this does not override the fact that standard English is important and indeed necessary in many situations. Many languages and several dialects other than standard English are spoken in this country. La lección de hoy tiene dos partes. La primera parte es sobre adjetivos en inglés y la segunda parte de la lección será sobre los meses del año. In our teaching of standard English to Spanish-speaking children, it would be absurd not to teach them through their own language. En inglés, los adjetivos se colocan delante de la palabra en vez de después, como en español. Levo and Ali playing together. They play in front of the house. Ali tell Leroy, he say, I want some soda. And Leroy say, I want some soda too. So Ali and Leroy, they, they go inside the house and see, can they find Mama? Ali say, Mama, we want 10 cents for some soda. Ali say, Mom, Mama say, here go 10 cents for, so, for the soda. Likewise, those black children who speak the dialect must be taught standard English through their own language. So Ali and Leroy go in the store in the street. Leroy kicked the can to Ollie and Ollie kicked the can back to Leroy. They have lots of fun playing kick the can. The teacher need not be fluent in the dialect, only aware of the obvious interference points. Instruction can focus on these differences. Now in standard English, the sentence Charles and Michael, they outplaying, needs the verb are. So the sentence, Charles and Michael, they out playing, could be said, Charles and Michael, they are out playing. Now let's try it together. Charles and Michael, they are out playing. Charles and Michael, they are out playing. Again. Charles and Michael, they are out playing. Right. The teacher, rather than giving the children two things to cope with at the same time, has settled on the sentence, Charles and Michael, they are out playing. Once the children fully grasp the standard use of the verbs am, is, and are, she can explain that standard English does not require a double subject, and that the pronoun they can be dropped. Charles and Michael, they out playing. Charles and Michael, they are out playing. They out playing. They are out playing. He out playing. He is out playing. We out playing. We is up out playing. Seeing and hearing the differences in grammar is fundamental. The fine points of phonology and pronunciation can be learned later. Under no condition should the speaker's use of the dialect be considered something inferior, bad, or an indicator of his intelligence. It should simply be considered something different, which is all it is. The important thing is to keep the ghetto child talking. Respecting the guarded language of his identity and survival will open the door to his learning something new. This attitude, reinforced with oral techniques, will lead to success. There are some who believe that the meeting ground between the two cultures will first have to be in the language. Certainly, if we are not in genuine communication, 
the real problems of social and economic inequalities will not be solved. Teacher attitude and oral techniques in the early grades will prepare the child to learn when he feels the need. This will probably not occur until the later years of grade school or high school when he understands the value of speaking standard English. Actually, he doesn't need to learn it at all until he has to make a living. Sorry to wake you, sir. We're landing now. You'll have to fasten your seatbelt. Oh, thank you. Uh, I wasn't sleeping. Just thinking. This is R V A News dot com. And now our feature presentation. This is The Bob Show.
WCBSFM. Are you glad to be in America? James Blood Omer with his Rough Trade single, Are You Glad to Be in America? And hello, and welcome to each and every one of you to this week's edition of The Bub Show here on rvanews.com and on chaosradioaustin.org. 
Before James Blood Ummer, we heard the tune Shake American, performed by Michael Inshorn. Best Enemies was the tune before that, performed by the Heroin Sheiks. And kicking off the musical festivities on this week's edition of this music-loving show was Juggy Murray Jones with his tune, Inside America, Part 2. Two, two. Hey, Rocket Man, you out there. from the Yazoo Records release, The Return of the Stuff That Dreams Are Made Of, that is Uncle Dave Macon and his fruit jar drinkers with Sail Away Ladies. And we've got to sail away to a commercial break, but don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with more music and more variety here on The Bob Show. WCBSFM Snap, what a happy sound. Snap is the happiest sound I've found. You may clap, rap, clap, slap, but snap makes the world go round. Snap, crackle, Rice Krispies. I say it's crackle, but crispy sound. You gotta have crackle or the clock's not wound. Geese cackle, feathers tickle, belts buckle, beats pickle, but crackle makes the world go round. Snap, crackle, Rice Krispies. I insist that pops the sound. The best is missed unless pops around. You can't stop hopping when the cereal's popping. Pop makes the world go round. Snap, crackle, pop, Rice Krispies. Snap, crackle, pop, Rice Krispies. Kellogg's best to you. My complexion's so bad, I hate to go out. Don't be a square. Try Ting, the faster way to clear up pimples. Yes, doctors' half-face tests prove Ting medicated cream dries up pimples more effectively than any other product tested. 
Here's why. Boys and girls have overactive oil glands. Excess oil clogs pores, causes pimples. But Ting blots up oil faster, more completely than other products. In lab tests, Ting completely absorbed oil in 15 minutes. Hours later, other products still had not. No, hiding pimples won't help heal them. No mere cover-up can work like Ting's antiseptic medication. Remember, doctors' half-face tests prove Ting better in every case, better than any other remedy tested. Applied at bedtime, greaseless, stainless Ting dries to oil-absorbing powder that clings all night, even helps heal acne-type blemishes. Don't let externally caused pimples spoil your fun. Get Ting Medicated Cream, T-I-N-G. You've heard about it. Now you can dig it. Philadelphia's number one psychedelic knock spot for the young and the very hip. It's here and it puts Philadelphia on the map. Come to the sex machine and find your mind. It's an explosion of light, sights, and sounds that'll touch you, change you, and rearrange you. You've got to dig it. Come to the sex machine. Have your future foretold by mystic gypsies. If dancing is your thing, you can jump into the devil's pit and let the music and the synchronized strobe lights take you higher. It's live entertainment. It's beautiful people. It's everything you need to get it together. The Sex Machine. Located on 52nd Street, just north of Market. You've got to get on up to get on down to the Sex Machine. A super hip dimension in entertainment. Check it out. The Sex Machine. This is... The Bub Show, The Bub Show, The Bub Show.
second release return of the giant slits that is the slits with animal space slash spacer where are the good songs that gone wcbs at Your drivers painted red and green 
Yes, fading from your speakers is the sweet sound of Cal Jader and Eddie Palmieri on the tune Yellow Days, and before that, the tune Life of Crime performed by The Weirdos. And that does it for me. I am out of here, and until next time, ladies and gentlemen, always remember to never ever forget that I, Christopher Minner Bopes, host of The Bob Show, I wish each and every one of you every good thing. Sister, brother, come and hold my hand Don't let me walk away But help me stand It must mean something When you help friend Brother, do you understand? It's hard seeing father than the time at hand. But can you see tomorrow in this land? It won't be very nice to see If we can Sister, brother, come and hold my hand
see you smile Sister, brother, let me see you Solid Gold Radio Stereo Rock and Roll Golden 101 This episode of The Pope Show is brought to you by This episode of The Pope Show is brought to you by Brought to you by News.com. Hoo, hoo, hoo.